it's seven degrees centigrade and it's going to rain. That is the forecast for this afternoon in Cork, Ireland. And welcome to my mobile studio. Um, welcome to every one of you. And many of you are going to listen over the next five years to this little piece of audio bringing you a slice of life from what it's like living in Ireland today. Many of you have got Irish ancestry in your DNA and you don't even know it. Oh yes, and this morning I was reading that the DNA of the Irish, the English, the Welsh and the Scots is all coming from a common ancestor if you go back to the Ice Age. Now my name is Paul. Some of you will know me. Most of you won't. My name is Omani and that's O apostrophe M-A-H-O-N-Y. When I started on social media I called myself Omani Blog and I spelt that O-M-A-N-I the phonetic spelling of Omani so Omani Blog that was 2005 and that was my first venture into social media when I began a blog which was called From Bath to Cork with Baby Grace and that's what happened? I went from Bath in the UK to Cork with a baby. And in fact, at the beginning, the baby wasn't even born. I started the blog about six weeks before my daughter was born. And I started it as a, to, to record what it was like for a man at my age to be coming a father again. And this was a completely new experience, obviously, for me. And I also thought, well, the one person in the whole world who will list, who will read what I'm writing will be my daughter. Sometime in 30 years' time, she'll say, I want to know what my dad was writing in before I was born or when I was born or when I went to school or on this or that day. Well, the poor girl has a problem ahead of her or a challenge ahead of her. There is so much stuff from me on the internet. That first blog was huge. There are a number of other blogs. That was back in the days when people used to send comments to blogs when there were oh often hundreds of comments after a blog post I don't think I ever got hundreds but I did get quite a lot and I did have a policy my policy was to reply to every single comment and then along came Twitter and I won't 
go through all the details of this because I'm setting out to go to the woods. I've, in the back of this car is an English setter called Louis, who has come to live with our family in about five weeks ago and is three years old and came from what people call the pound over here, the Cork Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And I've taken to a new habit, which is to take Louis to the woods every day. And actually going out to the woods today and every day, I, all, I feel like saying hello to you. I feel like saying hello, and I also feel like chronicling what I'm doing. So I've kind of got two interests, really. And I'm very, very pleased that you're listening. Now, as I drive along here, I'd like to tell you a little bit of a story about what happened this morning. I went over onto a social app called Vaudle, V-A-U-D-L-E. I'd never been there before. I had to register and put in a few minimal details. And what I find on is, Vaudle is... Uh, pieces of audio by people and the people respond in text some people, a tiny number of people respond in text uh, an even tinier number respond in audio um, and uh, a few people tap on hearts so there is a certain about as much interaction as I would be used to seeing on any social medium. The 99-1 rule applies to social media. I've discovered as well that 90% of people who open any particular account on any social medium um, consume. At the most, they consume. 9% uh, interact or say something very very occasionally and that might be to like something to push up you know one tweet or something like that make one piece of audio in their life you know, a tiny tiny amount uh, but they do a lot more than some people who do nothing and then one percent um, contribute um, their voice, their writing, their uh, interaction. Personally, I don't like the term content at all. I mean, I don't see this as a piece of content. I, I feel that I'm talking to you. I'm talking to real human beings. And I don't, may not know who you are now, but there's always a chance that you'll let me know who you are. And there's always a chance in that sense that we can have an, a, a bit of an exchange of information, of opinion, of feelings and imagination. Any of those uh, things. We might even answer questions for each other. All of those type of interactions are possible. And I, I like them. Now, we might go beyond interactions and we might... Uh, 
start forming a set of expectations about each other. You know, I might expect you to be there and you might expect me to be there at certain times. And that, that for me, would be the beginning of a relationship as opposed to the simpler form, which is interaction. So we begin to move from, let us say, even utility, which is where we're useful to each other, over to um, beginning to have some kind of an emotional connection. And so we have some kind of a relationship. And very, very, very occasionally, the type of relationship we have is that we can come to regard each other as friends. Or one of us might feel that they're a friend of the other. It doesn't necessarily both have to happen at the same time, as you know. Yes, we can we can become well, first of all we can we can have a relationship, then we can be very friendly to each other, and then we may become friends. And you never know. We might sit down and have a cup of coffee together someday as friends. Or we could sit down and have a cup of coffee someday as acquaintances. I'm going to, when I get to this wood, I'm going to do a live stream on Periscope. And if you're interested, you can find me on Periscope. My name is Omani Blog, O-M-A-N-I-B-L-O-G. And you can watch what it's like in the Irish countryside. And you can even have instant message reply. So there. In relation to Ireland, I see gorse to the right of me and gorse to the left of me. I see rolling folds of hills would be the wrong word, but just the, the landscape, the, the fields fold. I see cows in the field on my right-hand side. Most of the fields are empty, and most of the fields here do not grow crops. So there's no fields being tilled, and they won't be tilled either. They'll they'll grow grass, which will be caught and used to feed animals later in the in the year. Um, the road signs are yellow and black. Just going past a crossroads here, the signposts are white and black. Well, black writing on white background. And I'm driving approximately in a northerly direction out of the city of Cork. Now, the city of Cork in Ireland is uh, got a, about 130,000 people, although they're going to enlarge the city boundaries fairly soon. If they haven't done it already, and the city of Cork is going to grow up to be about two hundred and twenty or thirty thousand, I got a guy behind me who's very keen to overtake me, and I'm going to let him past a big white van, 2015 registered in Cork. I, I would have told you his registration number. Now the Around here is a mixture of deciduous trees and evergreens. Some of the evergreens are 
what I would call horrid along this bit of the road. They're uh, called Leylandia. Leylandia is one of the forms of evergreens that are most rapidly, the fastest growing evergreen really. And they've caused no end of disputes, certainly in the UK, between neighbours. Because they are absolutely impenetrable by light, they grow at a very fast rate, and it's possible for your neighbour to block out the light out of your house pretty well, and to turn the view into something boring. And we, we get this taciturn weather in Ireland in which, you know, it goes off in a mood that says one thing and then it changes. One thing you can be certain about if you come to Ireland is that you're going to get a range of weather. You will not be fed up of the consistency of the weather if you come to Ireland at any time of the year. Last week we had snow. Not an awful lot by some places in North America, some places in Siberia and Antarctica, but we did get snow and a lot more than we're used to. And we even called it, and it wasn't just here in Ireland that we called it, the beast from the east. And I think as I speak, perhaps as many as a million people in Ireland, and we haven't got, we've only got about, you know, four and a half million people in the Republic of Ireland. I speak to you from the Republic of Ireland now. We've got about four and a half, and a million of them have got water shortages or water controls in place. And whole areas of Dublin city, which is by a long shot the largest city in Ireland, have um, serious restrictions. Absolutely no water. Is it no water during the day or no water in the evening? Anyway, they, they may be missing water for about 10 hours a day. Uh, lots, of, lots of difficulty. We have old piping in Ireland and the pipes are fragile and there's been <laughs> there's been a huge amount of underinvestment I can't remember what part of speech the phrase underinvestment is but anyway that's a little snippet from the Ireland see you soon I'm going to what I suppose some people would call a small wood. It's managed by an organization called Quilta, which is an Irish word. C-O-I-L-T-E is how it's spelt. Quilta is an organization that manages woodland and as far as I can see manages at least some of the woodland very well because it's suitable for walkers. And Ireland is not a country with a lot of uh, walkers, a lot of uh, space for walkers. I'm trying now to make sure that I don't get lost. And uh, I, I, maybe I should have turned right back there. But I'll find out now in a minute. 
when I go around this roundabout. I think I should have gone. I think I'm going to go back here. Barth Lemmy. Barth Lemmy. Yeah, I'm going to go in the direction of a place called Liam Lara. And that will... That's one of the things I rather like doing, which is taking listeners on the journey with me and <laughs> sharing my indecisions and my mistakes and what's happening here. Hedgerows on both sides of the road here. If I remember rightly, this is where I came three days last week. Little traces of snow left on the margins of the of the roadside here. It's one o'clock in the day. Oh, let me just turn on the national news for you. See if well, there's the anything right in the Eighth Amendment in a landmark case about the extent of the rights of the unborn. The state had appealed a high court finding that the unborn has constitutional rights beyond the right to life. The decision of the seven-judge court was unanimous. Our legal affairs correspondent, Orlo O'Donnell. The Chief Justice said the issues in the case were complex, but it had been possible to reach consensus. The Nigerian man at the centre of the case wanted the Minister for Justice to revoke a deportation order as his Irish partner was pregnant with their child. The Supreme Court found the High Court was correct to declare that the Minister had to consider the constitutional rights the child would acquire when born as a factor when considering such an application. But it overturned the High Court's findings on wider issues relating to the unborn. The Supreme Court found the unborn did not possess constitutionally protected rights other than the right to life in the Eighth Amendment. The court also reversed the High Court Hooray. finding that a reference to all children in the Constitution included the unborn. The decision means the government can now go ahead with its plans for a referendum on repeating the Eighth Amendment at the end of May. Orla O'Donnell, RTE News at the Supreme Court in Limerick. In the Dáil, the Taoiseach Leo Varadkar... Well, I find that to be excellent news. The complications that would have ensued from a different decision by the Irish Supreme Court are incalculable because Ireland is coming up to a referendum which is scheduled to take place at the end of May to repeal a clause in the Irish Constitution which prevents anybody having, except in exceedingly rare circumstances, having an abortion in Ireland. And in fact, because we have a written constitution in Ireland, it is not possible for the legislature, the people who are elected to parliament, to determine what kind of laws ought to govern abortion in Ireland. And that means that the democratic wishes of the people uh, cannot, uh, cannot prevail because of a constitution that uh, exists. So what the government's going to do now is put a referendum, because you have to put a referendum in Ireland, change the constitution, it's going to put a referendum to the people at the end of May and it's going to propose that in future the legislature will be able to pass laws governing the availability of abortion in Ireland. And 
Oh, I'm very pleased to hear that news. Well, welcome back and welcome into the woods where I'm striding along. My name is Paul, Paul Omani, and Louis the dog is in front of me. And this is walking through pine trees. And somebody said to me the other day um, on a periscope that that was Douglas pine. I guess it's spruce really, isn't it? I think of pine as spruce. Anyway, it's uh, great to have you along. I've uh, made a little periscope, a bit of live streaming, and it was lovely to come across somebody from Montana, to have a chat with somebody from Montana, and have a chat with somebody who's in Camden, New Jersey, which is where Walt Whitman lived from about 1873 to 1892 when he died. And uh, that was interesting for that person to tell me that they're still naming places after Walt Whitman. And Walt Whitman is, and you probably don't know this, my favorite poet of all, of all. Yes, I prefer, I prefer Walt Whitman to Robert Frost, Edgar Allan Poe, William Wordsworth, T.S. Eliot, Seamus Heaney. I prefer him to all those. Oh, Louis, the dog is a terrific uh, form. Uh, the only thing is that he sometimes goes off into these woods, or has once gone off into these woods on this walk, and he's taken five minutes to come back. And I kind of have to hold my nerve, you know, there's no panic here. Hey, Louis! I'm no, I wish I was better at a whistling. I'm just going to carry on because I'm getting a little bit of confidence that he will suddenly appear from somewhere. But underpinning this confidence, or underneath this confidence, is a concern. Yeah, because I, I couldn't go home to my house if I... Ah, here he is. Who's a great dog? Good boy. Good boy, Louis. Yeah. It's fantastic to walk along and watch him run. You know, he's uh, only been with us for five weeks and hope, thankfully he's put on a bit of weight. He was a bit thin at the beginning. And I'm, I'm not used to a dog like this because he had not that much flesh on him. So when you rubbed the side of him, you were kind of rubbing the, the rib cage with a bit of skin over the top. But he's getting, I think, more confident in himself. Anyway, there are traces of snow on either side of the this pathway that I'm walking along. Pathway is more like a on on uh, unpaved road about big enough for a, a tractor to drive along now i'm sure many of you have tractors in your front uh, garden so you'll know what i mean really i don't know you probably have a john deere i'd say that's most likely although you know some of you might have a ford who knows anyway there we are tractor drivers 
I I have a great friend who, well, a, a man who I've become very f fond of and friendly with. His name is Kingfish, and he drives the road between Chicago and Bloomington in California. And when we were able to keep in touch very easily on this version of Anchor, Anchor version 2, uh, we chat all the time, really. Now I keep in touch with him via messenger. Um, but I do miss his voice. So I must, when I finish here now in a minute, I must send him a message and say, how you doing? Oh, yeah, this is, uh, this is the life, really. I'm fortunate enough that I have the time to be able to go out for a walk with dog in woods at you know, half past one in the day, which is what it is probably about now. But I hope you're having a, a better time than you ever expected.